Welcome to another episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of South Florida. I'd like to welcome today to the studio, Andy Cohen, CEO of Cutting Edge Recruiting Solutions. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. On behalf of EO South Florida, I'd like to congratulate you for earning your ranking on the 2014 Inc. Fastest Growing Privately Held Companies in the United States. Congratulations. Thank you. So Andy, tell us a little bit about your company and how did you grow it so aggressively? So Cutting Edge Recruiting Solutions was started in 2009 uh, with, with a very simple vision in place, and that was to um, change the way things were being done traditionally in the recruiting and staffing business. Traditionally, it was if a client has a problem and it has four sides and fits in a normal box, then, then we can do business. And, and coming off the recession, I think clients really needed a solution that maybe had 10 sides or maybe was shaped differently or it was a little less traditional. So when we were coming to market, we wanted to really bring something to the table that was you know, first mover, new technology, cutting edge, but also had real solutions around it, you know, real recruiting solutions, not just I can fill a vacancy or move forward. Sure. And with that simple mission in mind, you know, we've, we've been able to do some amazing things in the last five years. What prompted you to, to start a recruiting type of company? Sure. Um, grew up in the industry. My family's been in the business. Um, and and I, I myself had worked for large publicly traded firms. And, and I realized that there was a, a better way, a different way. Uh, when, when this last recession hit, it hit many people very hard. And, and I think clients at that point were really yearning for somebody to do it a little differently. Somebody that could provide them more flexibility, more you know, unique or custom tailored programs. And, and there was a, an opportunity to, to do that. And so I always say, if you're, if you're picturing trying to park in Manhattan, my competitors that were going through the recession and you know, trying to survive through it, were trying to park a dump truck. And I had a little smart car. So I was able to invest in the newest tech and the best training programs. And, provide the best resources for my staff, all with the mission of we can make better quality placements faster. And we've been able to do that. Fantastic. How did you finance the launch of your business? Great question. Um, I went all in, <laughs> right? So uh, when we were first you know, looking to start the business and you, know, you, you, you look at the banks, but we were on the heels of a recession and many people thought, oh, well, this thing isn't over in circa 2009. And so you, know, you go to friends, you go to family, and you, you do the angel raise. And, uh, and we were able to do that, but all of them wanted to know that I was fully vested. So in 2009, we believed we had something better and I went all in. Interesting. When you launched or were preparing to launch your business, mm -hmm. did you prepare a detailed business plan or did oh, you yeah. wing it? No, no, absolutely. There was a, a very specific plan. Um, at one point, we were, we were speaking with everything from incubator programs to angel financers to private equity firms and venture capitalists. And um, my background in recruiting had been with private equity groups. So I had a lot of connections on that side. So at first, we were really thinking, hey, let's, let's go to market with something grand, you know, $10 million raise, $14 million raise. And, and we decided that a bootstrapped organization gave us a lot more control. Um, we were able to really control um, not, not only the type of technology we use, but our own processes, our own programs. And, and in doing that, we, we built a business plan that we could actually um, automate the process to the tune of better margins. So it gave us a, a pricing advantage to go to the market as well. So it, it really has helped us be wildly successful. Since your launch, has your business plan changed or been modified? 
Um, of course, right? So I, I jokingly say when we when we first started, we, we came to market with who we thought we were. Sure. And, and long and behold, multi, you know, multiple years later, now we know who we actually are. Um, when we first started, we were we were setting out to be the best re- recruiting and staffing company that we could be. Right? We were going to compete with better quality and faster delivery, and you know, treating people the way we'd want to be treated. And, and what we realized was there's a huge disconnect um, you know, in solutions or outcome-based programs. So let me explain what I mean by that. If you're a Fortune 1000 company, you go to the big four consulting firms or even tier two firms, and they, they say, we'll charge you X and we'll fix your problem and you can sleep at night. But if you're an entrepreneur, you're in a mid-sized market, you know, who do you really turn to? And so we realized that we had an ability to acquire really great people and, and help them get back to work, help them launch their consulting businesses, help them engage with these entrepreneurs. And by doing that, we created project teams and outcome-based consulting opportunities. So now we can provide that service to this mid-sized business that was otherwise unaffordable or unattainable. So here we are, we thought we were gonna be the best recruiting company, and now we're this, we're this sort of two-headed vehicle, right? So we got two sides, we got the recruiting and staffing side, and then we also have the uh, consulting or outcome-based programs. So here today, we are a much different organization than what we were originally. Very, very exciting. What's <clears throat> your long-term vision for your company? Yeah, long-term, um, we, are, we wanna continue to be the mayor of our local market. Um, when I founded this company and, and we were figuring out who we really are, uh, we decided that we didn't want to be one of those companies that ended up with a culture. We wanted to take a very conscious effort of figuring out what our culture is and what makes us special. So, so we created 10 simple cultural rules. Myself and, uh, and somebody who's been with us from the beginning, we really kicked around some ideas. And, and these were not you know, crazy. These are very simple revelations. Just be normal. Do the right thing. Always be on time. Right, documentation rules, like little little silly quirks and, and things, uh, or let me rephrase, little silly things that, that we were able to, uh, to to put together. But it has shaped the way we do business. And when we speak to a customer, I think what a lot of times they're missing from other folks is, is that human factor. Now, they, they don't want a cliche or a sales pitch or someone ramming product. They, they want someone to say, hey, you know, how is this gonna help me get to my next promotion? You know, how does this help me build the team that I need to, to drive my career forward? And so the, the way we do business at Cutting Edge is exactly that. If we're speaking to a candidate, it is about what are your career aspirations? What makes you unique? How do I take you to the next level in your career professionally? And conversely, how do I match that up with an organization whose ideals align? So same thing when we speak to a client or, or a customer on that side. It's, you know, how do I, how do I build the team that's going to fuel your promotion? How do I get you to the next level? How do we get that new product launched on time or ahead of schedule? Or how do we create an amazing user experience for a customer? Mm. Right? And, that, and that's a, a lot of what drives this organization. From your experience, what's more challenging? Finding amazing talent, recruiting that talent, or getting a, an organization that gives you a, a work order to fill a position? Both, <laughs> right? I don't think there's an easy answer there. So um, Cutting Edge Recruiting Solutions um, focuses in 12 different functional practice areas, the largest one being technology. So, I mean, if you're thinking about national rankings, right? So uh, unemployment, 6.7%. State of Florida, a little better, 6.2, right? Florida, uh, technical, two and a half, two point six. 2.6. So now you're talking about a, a small section of the market that's hyper-competitive. Um, we say find me a great candidate will never be broke. But at the same time, you have to find an organization who can benefit from their skills. So I, so I, don't, I don't think it's uh, ones over the other equally or difficult. 
but finding the match is what makes us successful. Sure. What does a typical workday for you look like today versus when you first started? <laughs> uh, I think every entrepreneur will share the same thing in common, which is how do I you know, work on the business and not in the business? Of course. Right? And so um, when we, obviously when I first opened the organization and for the first couple of years, working in the business was, was absolute, had to happen. We had to build those relationships and refine those processes, you know, create things that we could scale and grow and drive the business with. Um, today, uh, it's, it's a little less of the day-to-day -day recruiting and interactions. It's a little more um, working with the staff, developing the organization, developing the people, um, you know, fostering the next generation of leadership, making sure that I have the manpower to, to open another organization, meaning uh, another location, maybe in Tampa or in Atlanta, or like customers have asked us to go to Texas and Chicago. And so, so being able to have that leadership that we can push into those positions. Beautiful. What do you think is the most unusual or creative sales tactic you've ever used to acquire a new customer? Um, just be normal, right? And I, I say that one of your ten basic. It, it, it really is, and and I mean, so many times customers will will have something. We deal with the most unreliable product in the world, right? Free will. We can't control it. I can't predict it. I can systematically put processes in place, sure. but but I can't control it. So. Um, I think what what makes us so different, unique sale, is just that we are just normal. We tell somebody this is this is what it is. Those difficult conversations. So being normal and being an entrepreneur is a little bit of a. It is. <laughs> um, have you ever turned down a client? I have. Why? Uh, well, so in this particular industry, we're of our twelve functional practice areas. Uh, nine of them are in hyper competitive spaces. Technology compliance, marketing, interactive marketing. Um, you know, these are extremely competitive space. So we, we had a, uh, a client that was in technology uh, who wanted to recruit uh, from some of the you know, most sophisticated tech companies in the world. And it was hard, but we had to explain to them that no one's leaving that organization for a pure startup without an offset of some kind. Mm -hmm. so, so unfortunately, what they really wanted and, and what they could attract were very, very different. We say the organization is about finding, attracting, and delivering exceptional people, great people. And so we had to explain to them that there was a disconnect. We ultimately helped them figure out what was a, a, the right alignment for them, but we did have to tell them no. What do you think the toughest decision <clears throat> is that you've ever had to make owning your company? I think it's a decision I'm faced with today. So we've had, we, we've had a tremendous amount of success up to this point. And, and we're continuing to grow you know, 100% or more year over year. But it becomes harder to double. The bigger the number, the harder it is. Doubling and tripling becomes a much, much more arduous task. So, so the decision now is, do we continue to grow single location, servicing South Florida? Um, do, we, do we take on additional square footage and use video conferencing and some of the technology that's in place to, to service those outlying areas? Or do we continue our model and open another brick and mortar location? And, and maybe open that Tampa office or open that office in Georgia or Philadelphia or New York or wherever we choose to go. Um, I think that's the, the most difficult decision that I'm faced with today. Let me help you out and make things more difficult for you. Thank you. <laughs> you have a great business. You're a dynamic entrepreneur. Let's assume that I would like to make a $1 million investment into your business. Sure. How would you deploy those funds? Uh, how would I deploy those funds? I think it's a great question. So 
if, if there was a, a million dollar capital injection today, um, it would entirely be invested towards staff acquisitions, right? So uh, you know, people joke around a mechanic with a broken car, a short staff staffing firm, a short staff recruiting firm. Um, much like some of these competitive industries that we work in, our industry itself is hyper competitive. Uh, so it's a bit of a war for talent. So, uh, you know, we would build the most dynamic team. We would just continue to add exceptional people and develop them and teach them our ways of doing business, continue to refine process. That's, that's how we would deploy the. What one word describes Andy Cohen as an entrepreneur? Passionate, committed, dynamic. I mean, if I had to pick one word, I would say it's, it's, it's passionate. I'm, I'm definitely passionate about helping my, my employees succeed, my staff succeed, as well as our customers. Um, there, is, there is something magical about having the right team in place, firing off on all cylinders and sure. driving results and you know, passion. And, and that's probably the most common answer. Okay. And, <laughs> and your passion is oozing out and it's palpable, yeah. so. Thank you. Um, in your opinion, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? I think it's a little bit of both, candidly. Uh, I, I think entrepreneurial zeal is something that's inherent in someone's DNA. Uh, they, they, they yearn for more, they want to succeed. No is not acceptable. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a person's resources. I mean, some people are born with tremendous resources and some have none and they'll succeed in spite of that. So, so I, think, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think inherent in your DNA is this desire to succeed, to want more, to achieve, to, to, to prove doubters wrong, I think that's a, a major quality. But then at some point, I think they're also made in the sense that they need other like-minded entrepreneurs to feed off of. Um, in, as we run the training for our staff, we talk about the power of anticipation. And we say, uh, you know, I had a humble experience of uh, playing a shoot 'em up game with, with my nephew. And he, uh, you know, he told me he'd go first, <laughs> right? And so he, 45 minutes later, I'm waiting for my turn. And I, I died in two minutes. Like I was, the, and so I didn't know there was a guy up on the rafter behind the door. And and the reality of it, he knew that. And because he knew that, he could be much more successful completing the levels and moving forward. And I tell my staff the same thing. And and to that point, I think entrepreneurs are made sure. because they're able to to learn that anticipation, learn the, what happens next. What do you think instilled a thirst for learning in you? Yeah, I I, I mean, without a doubt, you have to trace back to family. Um, you know, I, I was the epitome of rich dad, poor dad. I had a, a blue collar and a white collar family, and um, I, I learned great lessons to, to value a dollar, to be impatient for profits, to, to work hard. Uh, and, and so I, I, think, I think it came from, from family values, for sure. And then I also think it came from a thirst for more in life. You know, wanting to, you know, be able to do the things that I chose to do, to provide for my family, to, you know, deliver my son a different experience. And so, so yeah, I think it's definitely family values. Good for you. As a business leader, how do you make a mark in your business or in your community? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, in business, what we do makes a real difference. And so when we, we talk about some of the most nervous things people do in life, you know, be getting married or buying a home or having a child or changing a career. <laughs> um, I think it was more nervous before than it is now, right? Today's a little more common. But I, I think what we do makes a, a huge difference in someone's life and their ability to provide for their family. So, so professionally, helping people succeed, I think, is, is paramount. 
um, in the community. Uh, one of the reasons that we've really taken a local approach to you know, servicing South Florida is we, we do want to be the mayor of our local market. We want folks to know that, hey, you know, whether, whether they help us transition from one career to the next or we just need some advice. If we want to go to the blog and find out, you know, hey, what are, what are the best interview tactics or uh, how do I write a resume or, you know, how do I market myself? You know, what, what should I wear to an interview? Right? Um, being able to, to provide that information and provide a place where people can really get answers. And then when they're ready, they'll, they'll contact us. What does trust and respect mean to you? Uh, it's everything. I, I think um, for someone, you know, in our industry, for someone to trust uh, that we would find the right talent, you know, often people spend more time with the people they work with or as much time as they do with their friends and family. So I, I think the trust is that we'll find people that fit in a culture match and, and that they trust us to help them succeed in business. You know, we, we don't want to be the, uh, the phone call to fill an opening. It's the, it's the real advisory role. Hey, this is what's going on in my organization. You know, this, this is the staff-related issue that I'm, I'm wrestling with. And every entrepreneur has one. Everyone's the same. And so it's being able to call and say, hey, beyond just finding me a person, I don't want to be held hostage by an underproducer. Or, um, you know, man, if this person would just commit, you know, I could change the world, right? And we, we want to be able to have those difficult conversations and, and, and give some advice. And the advice might be, hey, you know, you should invest in the person you have, not replacing them, but, but being in that advisory relationship. That's great. Final question. Sure. Hopefully it's going to be a challenging <clears throat> one for you. I hope so, right? <laughs> Let's imagine for a moment, tomorrow morning you wake up okay. and your company no longer exists. Terrifying. What's the next venture you're gonna to wanna to launch? Uh, that's a great question. We, today I have a couple organizations that other companies that service this company. Um, I, I do have a training organization as well. I, I think that that would be where I'd redirect a lot of my energy. I, I jokingly say it's my retirement account or one of them. Uh, you know, being able to teach someone how to succeed in a market that's ever-changing and which is riddled with free will and <laughs> people make their own mind up. So, so I, I would certainly go there, but I, I'm a huge fan of technology. I love technology. I love working with tech companies, so and there may be a, a small fund that we'd create and maybe we do some early-stage investments, some incubator programs. Can I invest in that as well? Uh, yeah. Well, Great. Absolutely. Excellent. Andy, it has been a pleasure having you in the studio today. Your passion, your excitement is inspiring to myself and to all of those out there that will be watching this video. And again, on behalf of EO South Florida, congratulations for having such a successful company and helping to uh, really fuel the entrepreneurial spirit in South Florida. Thank you yeah, so thank much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's all for this inspiring episode of the South Florida Entrepreneurs on Fire. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For more information about the Entrepreneurs' Organization of South Florida, visit www.eosoflow.com.